Hello everyone, I'm Isma Pai Civico and I wish you a very warm welcome to a new episode of the Civic Podcast. Here I would like to speak a bit about something that I like to call non-identified opinion and that is the opinion of people that might not necessarily be directly identified with the topic at hand. Here I want to come when a man speaks about feminism or a heterosexual person speaks about LGBTQI plus rights. Everything that englobes this ideology where people that aren't identified can't speak about something because they do not know it is tremendously flawed. So in this episode, I would like to speak about something I like to call or something basically I just came up with uh, the past few days, which I've really, really been thinking about is something I call non-identified opinion. What I mean by that is when someone exposes their opinion or shares an opinion on a topic that doesn't necessarily or directly affect them. What do I mean by this is, for example, if a man... Um, criticizes or decides to speak about the topic of feminism or if a heterosexual person decides to speak about the topic of LGBTQI plus rights, LGBT rights or however you, you would like to call them or when a national citizen decides to speak about immigration for example and it's funny because it's only in very very specific topics where someone that doesn't feel identified with that group for some people, can't really express their opinion on, on that. And I would like to develop a bit that, that idea because I think it's a very bad one. Um, if, if, if you're only segregating people then by what their experience has been or what you think their experience has been, because generally uh, these are criterias that are not really thought through. They're not really talking about intellectual criterias. It's, they are merely judging you by the criteria you represent or by the kind of identity you possess. Basically, at the same time, disregarding your your point of view by claiming it not being legitimate enough to speak about the topic because you are not concerned. This comes a bit to the very, very difficult idea of saying, and we always hear this, uh, you need to understand me, you need to understand what I feel, but at the same time, they're saying you will never understand what I feel. So you will never understand my point of view. While saying, you need to understand me, because we're not the same. We have very, very different experiences. And it is true that people from all around have very, very different experiences. They live different things. They have very different upbringings, very different families, religions, cultures, nationalities, uh, mother tongues, and so on. We're all completely different. Every individual is very, very different. And that's also why I'm completely against the collectivist idea, by the way. Uh, I've already spoken about that at at some other points. But what I really want to come at is just to contest this idea if you're not representing the specific group that is being discussed, that you cannot express your opinion. 
uh, as if like me, because I'm a Catholic, I can't express my opinion on Islam, for example. Or because I'm white, I can't express... Not, because no, not even that, that doesn't even... Well, for them, it does come to white supremacy when you are actually European and you are criticizing some sorts of immigration. But put it more easily, um, because I'm European, I cannot criticize what's happening outside of Europe. For example, because they have different uh, uh, they have different value system, different structures, different institutions, different religions, different cultures, and so on. But then this doesn't apply to everything again, because we are seeing a lot of people that are are very very the same people that say you can't speak in the name of something you are not, or even criticize it, or have a discussion about it, or try to speak about that specific matter at hand. The same people that will be the first one to criticize something that happens in New Zealand, in the US, in Scandinavia, uh, or basically all around. And then again, I am, I am speaking about uh, the, the, the far left, because the far right has a different kind of identity politics. Um, the far right isn't even speaking generally, or not in the name in any case of moral superiority or self-proclaimed moral superiority in that regard for the far right, which I think it's it's a bit different. Um, their point of view or a bit of, of disregarding yours or when at least they want to completely delegitimize it, it's saying, we just don't care what you, what you think, basically. But they're not putting a stance of moral superiority in a way, or not in the same way as I'm seeing on the far left. And that's why I, I, I don't think it, it can really be compared... Uh, for this specific matter at hand, because generally the far right, or in any case, what you could call some sort of ethno-nationalism, um, sometimes it is, um, let's say, identified by by ethnicity, um, but sometimes also, if the person is not necessarily part of that ethnic group, they can still be accepted within that group if if they comply with, let's say, ideological dogma. Uh, that they've accepted and that they've embraced very, very wrongfully so. So that's why I don't really think this actually applies to the far right, uh, to those same radicals anyway, but it does apply to the far left, uh, following all the things I just described before. So firstly, this comes to the idea. And I've heard it quite a bit, actually, that um, I can't comment on this because, excuse me, because I never lived it, because I don't know what you feel I don't know what they feel. I, I, I don't know what they've been under, uh, the kind of hardships they had to go through because of their identities. This is generally what it's about. It's about identity. Um, so that that's a legitimate claim to make. I do agree. I, I haven't had the same experiences as you have. Um, I haven't had the, the same upbringing as you have. Maybe not the same hardships. Maybe I had different hardships that you haven't had. So if I speak about something else, maybe you won't feel it. Maybe I don't give you actual legitimacy to to criticize what I've what I've been through, for example, because you haven't lived it. So this is this is something because you never know what people have have, have been through. For example, I've, I've I spoke this I've spoke about this quite a few times, especially also regarding privilege. Um, you can be privileged in lots of different manners. So let's say someone maybe uh, let's say a uh, a homosexual person, a gay person, that tells me I can't speak about gay rights because I'm heterosexual, right? Uh, but then this person has been very, very wealthy, so he's never actually had any any economic problems uh, along his life, generally. But I can say that, for example, I have. Not that I have, maybe some, but 
but I've just taken a general example. So then that person will not feel entitled either to speak about economic policies. Or, that, or, or that's the idea I take out of it anyway. Uh, that person could not now defend, for example, a, a liberal economic system. Not that I don't defend, they actually do. But anyway, speaking about that he can't defend a liberal economic system because he has never gone through the hardships that I have. So that's why I'm going to defend more kind of socialist economic system. Um, so it, it really can go all through. No one has had every single experience so they can know what everyone feels like. And this is why we need empathy. This is why when you, when you try to apply empathy to another individual, you need to try and understand what they feel. And I think that that really is the important matter here. Not that you fully understand it, but that you listen well enough so you can get the best ideas possible of that individual has, has gone through or the hardships that that individual has lived. And I think that's the main issue that we are losing maybe trust in empathy in itself, that people no longer think that the other person can actually understand them, where that's the main point also of having a dialogue is you're having a dialogue with someone when you think you can actually get to them, when you think that person will actually listen to you, but not only listen to you, like very pay attention, paying a lot of attention to what you are saying, so you can have a relevant discussion and an honest discussion on the problem at hand. And really, Coming up to this, so saying, for example, I cannot speak about feminist matters because I am a man. So, okay, you can say that, but at the same time, there are lots of other women that are speaking about these matters and they are getting completely delegitimized with the same, with the exact same excuse, but on turned around. It's like saying you're a protector of the, of the patriarchy now because you defend a specific point of view that doesn't go with the status quo of modern feminism, feminism or in any case with that feminist specific movement. Because again, uh, I think I'll maybe speak about feminism at some point, but, but feminism right now, it is quite divided in itself. So you have abolitionists, non-abolitionists, fundamentalists, traditionalists, um, the new kind of feminists uh, mixed at the same time with LGBTQI rights, which Generally, the fundamentalist feminists aren't, don't agree at all with the transgender rights. So that group in itself is already quite cindered and it's been completely split in different subgroups. So that's why I don't think there's, there's, there's much coordination going along there because they don't know what to revendicate for, generally. There are some main things, like in some countries you could, you could argue uh, abortion, for example, the right to abortion, which it, it, it is still an issue in, in a lot of countries around the world, not generally in Western society. I mean, we have Poland, for example. We have the state of Alabama that passed. I'm, I'm not sure if that was revoked in the end or not, but th there have been some issues that people can generally uh, agree upon, right? But then there are women, maybe, that we could say uh, very conservative Catholics or any other religion, because generally uh, in most religions, uh, I think in all religions, basically, abortion is not permitted but they could say i'm against abortion and they are a woman so they're entitled to that idea generally but then again abortion i mean i'm getting it's difficult to each time bring one of these examples because this example is always interlinked into, into a more deeper discussion specifically regarding abortion which i do think i will make an episode regarding that and the underlining argument behind abortion is that um, women say it's our body, and th th that's the thing. That there's a big misunderstanding between both sides. The, one that, the ones that are pro-choice, they say it's our body. We know we're going to do whatever the hell we want. And the thing is that the people that are pro-life, that's not really the argument they're putting forward. They're not saying it's your body. They are saying it's a completely different body that's inside you. 
just because it's in you doesn't mean you only can do whatever you want. So there's a very there's a big lack of communication there, or at least of understanding of what the other side is saying. So one is saying it's our body went to where they want. Yeah, but that's not the point. They're not disputing whether whether it's your body that you're changing. They are disputing that you are having lethal effects on a other body that isn't your own. So so that's basically the, the abortion conversation in a nutshell, is these two points of views that keep going back and forth. Um, but in any case, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into there. So if you, if, if you want people to only speak about their own experiences because they are part of this identified group, and they're the only ones that are actually legitimate to hold that view, you will find them. The problem is that even this is not working out. I mean, I've spoken about Trump and the US, the US elections, and this is probably the easiest example I have at hand, is when I think it was uh, Kanye West that defended Trump. And I think Ice Cube is also defending Trump um, in some points. I mean, a lot of African-Americans, well-known celebrities, or not even celebrities, but generally, I mean, we have the Brexit movement, and now they are being called that they are not black or that they are Uncle Tom's, or that they are this, or they are that, just by the simple fact that they do not, that they do not go with the, let's say, um, Black Lives Matter movement ideology, or status quo, that they are actually trying to implement within their own ideological structure. Um, so that's also something that, so wait, I'm not part of your group, I can't comment because you don't, because you don't agree with me, so you completely delegit delegitimize my point of view, and then someone that actually is part of that identity, of that identity group that you are so rigorously, no, not rigorously, because the arguments are not really rigorous in that regard, but so proudly defending uh, with your so-called moral superiority, they can't criticize that either. And now when they do, you completely delegitimize them too, saying that they are not actually black, that their skin color is not black. And this is the issue that I have. So I, I arrived to one conclusion. It's this is actually connecting to the last episode I made behind cancel culture that goes directly behind saying that you don't I you don't agree with me. I delegitimize your point of view by any reason, basically. I'll I'll just come up with a new reason uh on the basis of diversity, of anti-racism, of inclusivity, or anything that suits me that in the eyes of the actual definition, you cannot contest because that is something that we should all value. I do agree we should all value diversity, inclusivity, um, comprehension, common understanding between individuals. Now, you can't use that for your own political and ideological gain. You need to use that to actually get into a structure of conversation with the opposition or not even with the opposition. Just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I'm with the opposition. That's also something that people aren't quite understanding. Um, that, oh, you don't agree with me, so you must be with the other side. And that comes from both sides, whether it's right or left in the political spectrum, which is actually quite funny in the end. Um, I think, I forgot who said this, but if, uh, if, if both sides hate me, it's because I'm doing something right. Um, <laughs> not that both sides hate me, actually. I do find uh, a common consensus generally when I have conversations on both, side of the aisle, on both sides of the aisle. But coming back to the non-identified opinion, um, these same people that say you cannot speak in my name or in my name group are the same people that claim to represent that group without any actual democratic elections behind them. And this is also my main issue, my, my main issue also behind collectivist ideologies is that these are groups that are not democratically elected. So they cannot claim to represent 
a whole collective or a whole identity group. They are not. Who, who voted in the board of Black Lives Matter? Did all black people vote them in? Who voted in the, the, the board of women's lobby? Did all women vote them in? So they can, of course, have their point of view on what they're eventicating with the name of their organization or their general structure, the general ideology. That's completely fine. But when you take every single person that forms that is part of that identity group to go with your ideology, that's where I have a problem because a lot of people may not think like you and they are still part of that group and they will still like to have a voice within that same group. Uh, here comes the same when white supremacists go, uh, we represent the white Europe. We represent the Catholic white Europe. You don't represent me. You're, you're speaking in the name of white European Catholics. You don't represent me whatsoever. So this exactly is happening on the other side. I'm, I'm just getting the sense that the people that are actually against the general status quo that is getting implemented within these specific collectivist ideological groups on the left are not leaving any space for the same people in those same identities that don't agree with them to speak up and to give their own point of view by completely delegitimizing de 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 their point of view or calling them racist. How, how ironic is it that black people are being called white supremacists? or that Muslims are being called Islamophobes because they criticize a part of Islam or specific points in Islam. Actually, um, Majid Nawaz said something um, that I saw very, very recently is that no idea is above scrutiny and no individual is beneath dignity, right? So every idea can get criticized, but that doesn't mean that by criticizing that idea, you're attacking one specific individual which is very different. Um, ideas need to be criticized. You need to be skeptic about general ideas because if you're not skeptic, you're gonna either blindfully trust them or blindfully disregard them. If you do those two things, it's very, well, it's bad in both ways. If, if you blindly trust an idea, it's just gonna come again like the religious dogma or political dogma that we are seeing today. And if you just completely disregard it, you might completely lose or set aside very very important or potential important things that you could take from that idea or at least a sense of understanding of that idea so it is something to consider when we speak about non-identified opinion uh, I, i'm still going to think about that specific term i'm i'm going to think it a bit through but i think it is actually it does actually display what i want to explain here is the non-identified opinion is the people that are delegitimized of their opinion because they do not form part or they are not part of that very specific group. Um, and that for me is actually quite problematic because in the end that would mean that I don't have the right to speak about LGBT rights, I don't have the right to speak about feminism, I don't have the right to speak about immigration even though I'm an immigrant myself with, with, within Europe, uh, even though that's so-called immigration. Um, I'm not legitimate enough to speak about Islam or other, let's say, religions, whether they may be. I'm, I'm as much going to criticize some parts of Islam, I'm as much going to criticize some parts of, of Christianity, some parts of um, of Judaism or of Buddhism. Well, actually, Buddhist is not really, there's not much to criticize there. <laughs> I mean, there sure, maybe, of course, there sure is, but uh, I don't really know that religion enough to get into it uh, as much as I would. But from what I see, they're very, very calm people that really just 
want to do their thing on their own, which is completely fine. And I think it shouldn't be that way generally in religion. Just don't bug anyone. Do it on your side. Do it on your own. And then that's it. Don't try and impose your point of view on anyone. So coming back to the non-identified opinion, uh, these same people that say you cannot opinionate with their point of view or on their ideology or on their ideas are the same people are the first ones that are going to criticize something that's happening in the United States. Are the f wait, and I'm going to say, wait, you're not American. How can you criticize something that's happening in the United States? You're not part of that group or someone that speaks something that's happening in, in, in the Middle East. Wait, you can't criticize something in the Middle East. You're not part of that group or from Australia or from Africa or well, Oceania, Africa, wh whatever country. I mean, if people can't give their point of view just because they are not part of that specific group, then what can we even speak about? What can we speak about? I think that's, um, I, I, I really just don't see the point. And it's something I've been speaking, I've, I've been thinking quite a bit. Uh, I haven't really been completely delegitimized, but I have been to some extent, not completely, but saying, yeah, I mean, you can say it, but um, you're not a woman, so you, so you can't say anything, you, you don't know what I'm feeling. And I say, okay, well, does it count if I've spoken with other women that don't necessarily agree with you? What I do agree is when you try to speak about one specific topic, you do need to consult uh, people or from all across that same identity to get a bit of their points of view, because you do need to have a different a different angle. Uh, you need to look at things through through a different lens. So, of course, you can't completely get your subjective idea on your perception of what are the facts or, or what are the issues at hand. You do always need to have that external information from other people living the thing that you're trying to explain. That is something that is needed. Now, that does not mean that you can't get informed from these people, uh, whoever they may be, and at the same time, insert that in your intellectual ethical or moral framework or ideological framework if you will if, you, if even though I, I don't really like the ideological framework idea um and then and you insert that into that specific framework and then you take out and and then you create let's say your own point of view regarding that specific topic and i really do think that's the best way forward so not to not to delegitimize people uh because they're not part of that very specific group that they claim no, sorry, that, that, that they are not part of. Um, but to let them actually express their point of view, because sometimes they might have an external point of view. You know when um, people always want, like, um, this external point of view because they can judge better what's happening? Why would you have... going to give you an example. You're having problems with your boyfriend or with your girlfriend. Why would you ask the advice of your friend? He's not in that relationship, so what would he know? Why? Because he has an external point of view on the matters at hand. So that might, that might even be beneficial for you. He might even make you realize something that you weren't aware of before. And that's why I actually do think that people commenting or criticizing movements that or specific topics that do not directly, not directly, uh, indirectly everything affects us, right? But directly, specifically affect them is not only... A necessity but it's actually quite beneficial because you can have an external point of view and then you can either take the entirety of it take parts of it or take nothing of it but at least you you heard that point of view you gave that person the time and the space to explain themselves and why they think that specifically 
And that's why this non-identified opinion, uh, for me, is, is it's a really, it's a, a very counterproductive way of thinking about things. Because then in the end, you're just going to segregate a lot more and you're just going to, in the end, really, more than we are now, divine, divide people by, by collectives, which that is not really one of the core values which we've really tried to bring forward in Western society in general, which is the sovereign individual, which is actually what, the vigil, what that individual represents intellectually, morally, as a person inside and not on the outside. This comes again to... Uh, various episodes I've done before talking about um, collective, the collective, the collective ideology, or collectivists, uh, social constructionists, identity politics, everything that goes around that. But this is why, again, I'm going to end it soon now. Trying to keep the episodes a bit, a bit shorter. The non-identified opinion is is a bad way to go. It's a bad way to go. Everyone must have the right to criticize anything. Always, always, with respect, tolerance, and common understanding, and being able to understand the other point of view. Have a sense of empathy. Try and understand what that person understands. Maybe if you will never understand it, at least try, and then you can make up your, your, your own mind about it, and then feel free to discuss it. Because if you can't discuss things, you will never understand them. And that really, for me, is a fundamental issue at, at here, that we really, 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 need to discuss more and even if you're not part of that specific group you are still entitled to your opinion so thank you very much everyone for listening this is Ismail Pai Civico and this was the Civic Podcast see you soon